At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin our number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. We are here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. If you're coming on through, say hello. Uh, by the way, right now, we got the WGC uh, World Golf match play going on. And what really caught my eye today was the return of Brooksy, Brooks Kepka. By the way, Augusta is going to be two weeks from today. Just missed a short. But it's two weeks from today. This will be happening. And I'll be losing my mind during those four days of Augusta. And right now, he is tied with Dustin Johnson in the quarterfinals. He beat John Rahm to get to the quarters. And Amal, what is so intriguing to me about Brooks Kepka is you talk about jackasses sometimes. Like, he can be a jackass. Like, he said... Before he it was going up against Dustin Johnson at a recent major back in, I believe, 2020. And they said, are you intimidated? You get you know, Dustin Johnson. He's like, well, how many has he won? He's won one. I've won, what, four? No, nah, I'm not intimidated. I love like, that answer. I do too, right? But he, he hasn't really backed it up. But Brooks Kepka to me, is that he is trying to be the alpha that Tiger Woods was, right? Like, Phil never really was the alpha, even as the second greatest player, arguably, that we'll ever see. He never really, you didn't feel like Phil Mickelson was going out there because he's, you know, he's always tipping his cab. He's doing the thumb, trying to be nice. Brooks isn't trying to be your friend, right? Bryson DeChambeau walks by. It's now a meme of his rolling his eyes at Bryson when he walks by. I like that, Amal. I like that in my athletes. I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm trying to kick your ass. Well, that's one of my issues with the NBA today, right? Everybody's trying to exchange jerseys and high five each mm-hmm. other before the game is over. Uh, you know, that, that's the one issue I have. I, I like uh, Brooks Kepka's attitude in terms of how his approach is. You know, it's interesting in golf right now because you don't have that Tiger guy out there that mm-hmm. just kind of brings people to the TV set. Brooks Kepka's not going to be the guy. DeShambo obviously is not going to be that guy. So uh, we'll see if somebody steps up here down the line that really gets people to tune in. I, I think it's going to be tough. Very quickly, and I know this is just hypothetical, but, you know, we have the big board behind us at Circa. They have a number. For Tiger Woods to win at Augusta. There's a number posted. If he even tees it up, is that going to grab your attention? Uh, and it will if on Saturday he's in contention. He's still teeing it up yeah, on Saturday. I'm not going to give him my first 48 hours. Let's just find out what happens. Get an update on the phone and we'll see. Okay. Uh, let's do something we like to call Amal's A-list. And these are game changers, Amal, that you've identified here as we have reached the Elite A stages. So, I want you to give us, if you will, either an individual mm-hmm. or a player or a coach yep. that you really think could be a game changer that that 
person alone can win you this game. Let's start off with H-Town. Let's start with Kyler Edwards in terms of what he's been able to do for this Houston team. He's been tremendous. By the way, Elliot and everyone else back there, tremendous job on the graphics. Love this. Um, to me, his clutch shot making was the difference for Houston in that game against Arizona. He's their leading scorer now that Sasser's been out, but really impressed with him in terms of what he's been able to do. Mm -hmm. And if he can continue that, I think Houston's got a great shot to be able to move on coming in at 32 and five. It's going to be time to cougar up here and let's see if they can get it done. Uh, I, I think he's going to be the key catalyst. If he's shooting the ball well, I like the chances for Houston here. If he struggles a bit, it's going to put a lot more pressure on White and Carlton and, of course, on Moore to be more effective. So uh, I, I like uh, Kyler Edwards to be the key catalyst for uh, Houston. Uh, when I look at across from Houston today and I see Villanova, I can totally understand why you have uh, Connor Gillespie here. Look, toward the ACL came back, mm -hmm. obviously is already a national championship winner. But the kid seems to, to to want the ball in tight games. And by the way, Villanova plays a lot of tight games. So, so again, why was it Gillespie for you? Because Gillespie's a little bit banged up. And so if he is not as efficient as he could normally be, then I'm concerned about Villanova. He's the catalyst in terms of how things go here. Mm -hmm. um, he, look, Jermaine Samuels is a terrific player. But a lot of it is predicated upon Colin Gillespie in terms of how he gets everyone else opportunities and looks. Justin Moore is an outstanding player. Uh, but to me, again, I go back to this guy running not only the offense, but really setting the tone and tenor for this basketball team. He is the guy that's going to orchestrate what Jay Wright wants on the floor. I think Houston has the capability with their in-your-face defense of slowing down Gillespie. And if they do that, I think the Cougars got a great chance of winning this game fairly comfortably, Dave. I think you're right. If they can cut off the head of the snake, Gillespie is that head of the snake for Villanova. That is for sure. If you stop him, then it's going to be a tough road to hoe here for Villanova going forward. For Duke, an interesting name that you picked here for Amal's A-list. Tell me why you like it to be Mark Williams. Because Williams' ability to defend at the basket allows your player in front of you, the defender for Duke, the other four guys, to potentially overplay or to be more aggressive because you've got an eraser behind you. If Williams can stay out of foul trouble, Dave, I think there's a great opportunity for Duke to be able to move on fairly comfortably. I don't think he gets enough credit for how well he's played here because Roach is terrific down the stretch. We know Wendell Moore is going to be a first-round pick. We know mm -hmm. Palo Bancaro is going to be a top-three pick. But Mark Williams... His ability to make plays on lobs, to rebound, to alter shots, really changes the dynamic of things. I don't believe, though, that Arkansas will be intimidated because they've gone up against that size of Auburn, that size of Kentucky. That helps immensely. But Williams, to me, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. If Arkansas can get him in foul trouble, it could be a problem for Duke. When I look at Mark Williams' play, I see pro. I mean, it's not just yeah. the big thunderous dunk that he had against Texas Tech, but you know, it, it is a, it's different from what I saw from Duke, maybe. And I don't know if it's just laziness. It's February. It's K-Swan song. The kids are feeling pressure every time they go out. But Mark Williams, to me, seems to be that rough and rugged guy, like a better form of Sheldon Williams from years past in there. And Sheldon Williams is a really good player for Duke. But doesn't he feel like the type of guy that when he says, we're not going to be out tough? It starts with Mark Williams. I would agree with you. I think he brings a certain amount of tenacity to that team that they sometimes seem to lack. I think Mark Williams is going to have a tremendous pro career. He's going to wind up in the NBA. It'll be a first-round pick. Yes. And he'll probably wind up in the league for 10, 12 years, barring injury, just because of his length, his athleticism, in terms of what he can do for you defensively. Uh, but in this game, he's a guy that's got to avoid foul trouble. You know, when you look at the length of a guy like Williams, Coloco, those types of guys, 
I never understood why they try to go for the shot fakes. They're so big. Stay down. Stay down until the ball is released. I know sometimes you might miss the shot block, mm-hmm. but they really have an impact because it's tough if they just stay down to shoot over them. When they well, he puts his arm standing straight up, you got to shoot over nine feet almost. Right. I, across from Duke today will be Arkansas. They've taken a little bit of the money here. You see now uh, from four down to three and a half uh, in this matchup. For Arkansas, give me a Mall's A-lister here. Is it a player or coach? Going to go with the player. I, I love Musselman as a coach. I think he's the best coach remaining. I thought at the Sweet 16 and in the remainder of this Elite Eight. But I'm going to go with Audis Tony. This is the Pittsburgh transfer who defensively can guard one, two, three, and potentially four. Bancaro's going to be a tough matchup if he's covering because of the size. But Tony can really lock down anybody he's guarding. He's another guy that's got to avoid foul trouble, Dave. If he gets in foul trouble, it's going to be a concern defensively for this team. Stanley Amude has got to shoot the ball well for mm-hmm. this team. And then J.D. Note, I think his ability to dribble, penetrate, and do whatever's necessary will be the difference for Arkansas's offense. But I'm telling you, Tony, it needs to be on the floor to be able to shut down whether it's, you know, in a situation against Jeremy Roach on a switch or against, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on some of the other guys right now on Duke, but I, I think he can really negate what Duke does, uh, whether it's Wendell Moore, Trevor Keels, whomever it may be. Uh, you know, by the way, just looking back to Arkansas's win against Gonzaga, and Bill Raftery, I mean, God bless Bill Raftery. I just love listening to him call a game because it's kind of like doing a show with you. Sometimes you forget that the camera's on and we're just having a conversation. J.D. Note was driving Raft crazy. I, I remember that, he's yes. Got, and he's saying on the air, he goes, what is he doing? When he's like pulling up from 30 and he's like, just go to the whole kid. Like you, you, like Raft was back in his coaching moment because yeah. people forget Bill Raftery was a great coach. So, you know, like. You, you watch that from a coach's perspective, and sometimes J.D. Note can drive you crazy. But he Musselman clearly has given him green light go. Like, kid, you do whatever you want to do. I don't care how many shots you take. Just keep doing whatever it is you want to do. I saw one of the best lines about uh, J.D. Note. Somebody goes, man, he took 30 shots, and somebody on social media posted in response and said, let's not go crazy. He only took 29. <laughs> but, like, that's, that's the thing with Arkansas is that I guess the volume that Note shoots, it doesn't bother Musselman because he's thinking we're not going to be in a game in the 80s more than likely. With Duke. It, to me, this feels like a tempo game, Amal. If Arkansas controls tempo and keeps this game in the 50-60s, good shot to win it. This thing, you let those athletes run. I think Sparty ran into that trap a little bit. Certainly we've seen Duke do this kind of the last couple games where they pull away, where the pros really stand up and are accounted for late. That's the problem I see for Arkansas. I absolutely think they can hang for 30-35. Can they hang down in the final four? If it's tight, good shot. If they're relying on late stops to get back in, I think it's going to be a tough road. I think you bring up a great point. They can hang in this game for 35 minutes, but can they do it for the full 40? I think there's a possibility. Uh, they've got to shoot the ball well, and then you've got to make sure you clean the defensive glass. Yes. You can't allow Duke second-chance opportunities. And one of the things Note needs to do is negate turnovers because I thought towards the end of that game against the Zags, they gave the ball away. You referenced Bill Raftery and some of the shot selection. Go to the hole. They can't. There's nobody who's going to be able to stay in front of him. Right. Get these guys in foul trouble. Now, it's hard to get whistles against Duke. We know that historically. Uh, but I think in this game, there's a possibility. Thank God this game's not being played at Cameron Indoor. Before the jump ball, you'd already have 16 fouls. <laughs> well, it was just, it's, I just love listening to Raft. What are you doing? And he's just, like, exasperated on the air. He's like, it's like you're calling a game, Raph. This is You're not coaching. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. But it is interesting, because again, I think that's the style. We know that Arkansas wants to slow down Duke, and I think conversely with Houston and Villanova, there's no way we get up-tempo, but... If one team wanted to force tempo, I would think it would be the Cougs. I, well, to me, Houston can play either way. You want to go up and down, no problem. We right. can do that. You want to go in a half-court set, we're going to beat you in that. But if you're Villanova, you have to make this a tempo game, and here's why. When you have an opportunity, you got to go up on this team and attack. If you wait for a half-court set, it's going to be hard to score against Houston. So if Villanova opportunities are there, they've got to go and transition and get it going. It'll be fascinating. We're going to break down I can't this wait games. for this game. I, I can't either. You're getting me all fired up now for it. Uh, when we come back, Aaron Rod's going to join the program. Uh, he's going to join us from Kansas because uh, right now, maybe Kansas, Kansas City, they're kind of the, the heartbeat of sports because Rock Chalk Jayhawk, the only number one seed to reach the Elite Eight and the trade that shocked a lot of wide receivers around the NFL with Tyreek Hill leaving Kansas City for Miami. We'll break down all of that plus much more. Come on back. Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. I don't know why you want the cold coffee, but some people like it that way. And, like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends back. We've got the oven-baked sizzling bacon, freshly cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and it's simply OJ to bring it all home. So make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. Pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Dave Ross, alongside Amal Shaw, this is Betting Across America, and it is a pleasure right now, Amal, to welcome to the program Aaron Ladd. He's a sports anchor at KSHB 41 in Kansas City, and he is now at my former city, the great city of Chicago, getting ready for this Elite Eight matchup. Uh, Rock Chalk has made their way through. Aaron, we got to start there. Uh, you know, Bill Self, we had said if Kansas fell yesterday to Providence, it would have been the first time ever in the NCAA tournament history that no number ones made it to the Elite Eight, but they solved that by getting there. Do they feel like the team to beat now, Aaron, going through? Because I feel like even as a one seed, maybe people weren't taking them that seriously with all the talk about Gonzaga pre-tournament. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me on, first and foremost. It's hard to argue against it. Maybe some uh, and you all's neck of the woods like how Houston's playing this time of year, but the veteran experience of Kansas paired with how Remy Martin has kind of showed us what he can do in the month of March. They're going to be a tough team tough team to eliminate, especially when Ochai Abaji can get his game together. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really 
flashed that national player of the year finalist game yet uh, here in the tournament. You got to, you got to think he's going to shake out of it and uh, show us what he's got sometime. So Aaron, you mentioned it. I didn't think KU had a stellar performance. I thought they did a great job defensively, but PC couldn't shoot the ball in the first half. Any concerns against a Miami team that's taken on some teams with some size, USC, Auburn, really dismantled another uh, Big 12 uh, team there in Iowa State yesterday. I feel like Miami coming in as a six-point dog really has a great opportunity to be able to pull out this game, forget covering the six, but to win this game outright just based on their guard play right now. And Christian Brown has not played at the level that I would have expected of a player of his caliber. Yeah, I think you were putting it lightly about PC not shooting in the first half. Couldn't hit the broad side of the barn in the first half. I mean, it was disgusting. I think the three of us could have probably put up a better shooting form <laughs> in the first half. Uh, for Kansas, it's all about getting their their big three at the right time. Remy, uh, CB, as you mentioned, and Ochai, they've yet to have a game here in the month of March where all three of them are playing at their peak at the same time. Uh, and Miami has been battle-tested. This is an older team as well. They're on the podium right now. So I'll have to go back and listen to that after I hop off with you guys, but it's going to be a tough test. Providence was a team that came in that sweet 16 matchup 11 and two and five point games. And somehow uh, KU goes on a seven point spurt when they need it the most. Look for a guy like Jalen Wilson, 16 and 11 against Providence to play a big factor he drives and, and gets to the bucket with authority. Uh, we'll see what KU can do against Miami, but it's definitely going to be another close one. Uh, six points seems like a lot to me. All right, talking with Aaron Ladd. Follow him on Twitter at Aaron Ladd Zero. Aaron, uh, you know, it's interesting when you talk about coaches still remaining in this NCAA tournament. Of course, we're all going to talk about Coach K and the Swan Song. Jay Wright, maybe, I don't know how he's understated at two national championships. But what about Bill Self and the job he's done with this team this year, Aaron? Because I, it, how is he dealing with this group? Because it feels like, I don't know, from afar on the outside looking in, he feels like a made man, and all of a sudden he's playing like his team's like, hey, we got the coach, we got the players, this is Kansas, this is what we do. And I'm going to go ahead and just be completely honest with you all. I'm a Mizzou alum, so I'd love to make jokes about Bill Self and Barch. <laughs> I love uh, to laugh it up uh, when they get eliminated in the second round to USC like last year. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he's a made man yet. I think he hears the noise. I think he knows, especially from a talent perspective, this might be one of the most, if not the most talented team uh, left in the draft. You got Ochai Abad, you got Christian Brown. These are, these are NBA caliber guys. Um, I, I think he's gotten the most out of this group. I think um, he kind of sits back from an aspect uh, and, and lets them lead. Uh, they've got an older group. They've got Remy Martin. Uh, I think Bill Self knows when to push the buttons, knows when to pull back, knows uh, um, what this team is capable of. And they've gone to, they've gone to sets when they need to go to sets. And, and Bill Self is the puppeteer master at the end of the day. I would agree with you on uh, Bill Self. I'm a big fan of his, especially what he's been able to do in the Big 12. I covered him, and he's a great guy to be around. But I'll tell you what, the lack of success for me in the NCAA tournament with some of the teams KU has had, and with Miami at 10 seed coming in here, this is an opportunity Bill Self can't squander. Mm. You're looking at potentially Houston on the other side or Villanova. you got to like your chances if you're KU with the eight teams remaining to be able to cut down the nets, Aaron. Oh, the bracket opened wide open. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, if you look at it on paper, it, it's KU's to lose, but that's the whole thing about the tournament. It, it's not played on paper. Uh, St. Peter's wouldn't be here if it was played on paper. Um, uh, it, it, it's open for KU, no doubt about that. All right, talking with Aaron Ladd, I know before we let you go, because you got a lot of things you have to do instead of talk to us, we do have to ask you about what happened this week with Tyreek Hill being traded from Kansas City to the Miami Dolphins. Chiefs now have 12 picks 
in this year's draft, in next month's draft? Aaron, first the shock and awe, and then second, who won the trade? I don't know if it was necessarily shock and awe. It was kind of a cut and dry business deal. Tyreek Hill last year was asked to restructure his contract in the offseason. He declined that politely and said, hey, this is time for me to get paid. This is a guy that had some off-the-field troubles last time. It was time for him to get paid. So this time around, he wasn't taking any pay cuts. He said, I want to be the highest-paid uh, wide receiver in the market. Kansas City said, we cannot afford that. And then they went shopping. Uh, I, I think Chiefs fans may have been uh, caught off guard because of the the wow factor of, wow, we're losing one of our big three. But ultimately, Brett Beach and the front office are, are, are taking a calculated risk. They get the five picks back. I don't think they're going to use all 12. I ultimately see them uh, using that 29 and 30 to move up. They, they have need on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they need an edge rush desperately. I know they restructured Frank Clark's deal to bring him back, but he's more of a rotational piece at this point in time. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill and, and moving on from him allows them to do a lot more things, not only in the draft, but also cat room. We see them poking around Stephon Gilmore and guys like that now. Uh, it, it's a shocking deal when you look at it on paper, I guess, but it, it's one that makes sense for both parties. Yeah, I agree with you in the sense that this team needs to go defense. I like the plethora of picks they got back here, but it's going to be interesting to see. Do you believe the signing of Valdez Scantling, uh, who comes over from Green Bay, and then Hardman can step in and fill the role of Hill as a mm. collective? Uh, don't forget about Juju Smith-Schuster, who oh, came over right, on a, right. a, a one-year $3 million, could go up to $10 million with incentives. I don't think they're done with wide receiver either. I think maybe we see somebody come over in the draft. Uh, look at the, look at the pass catchers of a whole. We're talking about Juju. We're talking about MVS. Kelsey's still there. I know we're all waiting for the inevitable drop off. I don't think it happens this ultimate this year coming up. Uh, Jody Fortson's a, a tight end product who had been converted from wide out who got hurt early in the season. They're going to look for him to come back and play a big role. And I also don't think that they've given up on Josh Gordon. It's a guy they, they, they brought back intentionally. Uh, and I think they see, uh, they see hope for there. They got bigger at the position. There's no doubt about that. Uh, if there is one knock on the cheetah, he's not the biggest guy in the room. Uh, they got bigger and they got more explosive, and I don't think they're done yet. And the Chiefs also signing Ronald Jones today, so uh, some some running back news there for the Chiefs as well. Hey, Aaron, really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we know you got to get in there, and as a Mizzou guy, talk to your coach there, Bill Self. That should be interesting <laughs> as always. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. <laughs> Thank you. There he is, Aaron Ladd. You know, I can tell you, I, I can relate to Aaron's, uh, the, the situation yep, that he has, because as a Cowboy fan, working in the nation's capital for 18 years covering the Washington football team. I had to sit in press box after press box after press box. And, you know, once the word gets out on you that they know, like, I don't know if they know that Aaron's an MIZ guy. Yeah. They're covering Kansas, but they knew. And I remember one time at, at uh, RG three's rookie year down in Dallas uh, Redskins that, that year, they absolutely destroy the Cowboys on Thanksgiving day. And I'm doing a live interview with Lorenzo Alexander. And I said, you know, Zoe, a lot of people didn't think you guys could win. He goes, I know you didn't, Cowboy fan. Like, you can't say that, Zoe. You can't out me like that. So Aaron's probably going incognito as a Mizzou guy covering Rock Chalk Jayhawk. That's not easy to do. It definitely is, and especially with Missouri being down for so long and Kansas dominating the Big 12 as much as they have. But, uh, you know, Dave, I'm sure you got used to watching Washington. It had to be hard, not because you were a Cowboys fan, because Washington couldn't win anything for the last couple of decades. So beautiful. I'm not saying that the whole time I was there, they didn't win a damn thing, but it happened for 18 years, <laughs> and not a whole lot's changed since I left as well. Uh, when we come back, I do want to talk more uh, about uh, some football moves that we've seen, and certainly not just Tyreek Hill, but just as a whole, because I think some other teams made some moves this week 
that might be kind of going under the radar a little bit. So we'll talk about that in relation to some futures out there as well. By the way, uh, UFC uh, Columbus is going on right now. I've not gotten to the main card uh, yet today, uh, but when we get there, of course, that'll be Curtis Blades uh, against Chris Dawkins. Dawkins right now about a plus 350 underdog against Chicago's own uh, Curtis Blades. And then we still have those two big basketball games still coming on tap. And I keep looking up to see what's going on between Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson. I don't know if they like each other because there was a report back when they were at the Ryder Cup in France a couple years ago that they got in a fight. It has not been confirmed nor denied. I'm taking BK in that fight. You're taking Kepka over DJ in a fight. All day. Really? Looks like he's working out six days a week and juice on Sundays. Yeah, but like DJ's got the length, right? He can keep, he's got the reach on him. I mean, keep him a distance with the jab. That's what I'm thinking. As long as no clubs are involved, I'd like to see the fight. Listen, just give him a bump and he'll be fine. <laughs> when we come back, we're talking NFL. Rolling on betting across America right here on Beeson, the Esports Betting Network. <laughs> America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. College basketball tournament is in full swing, so grab a five hour energy to stay alert to watch all of your favorite games, or if you stayed up late to see that intense OT game, take a five hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day. With zero sugar, an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick me up for getting stuff done. Go to fivehourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. We've got flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, many more. There's a flavor literally for everyone. So get a five-hour energy today. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw, a man who does not drink coffee. I don't know how, like, the energy that you need. If you don't have five-hour energy, you've got all-day energy without coffee. I made cups of coffee in first thing in the morning without any coffee. I don't know how you do it, but it is rather amazing. We were talking in the last segment uh, with Aaron Ladd, of course, covering the Chiefs in Kansas City. And obviously the biggest trade in the NFL last week, Amal, was the Tyreek Hill deal uh, going for all those draft picks from Kansas City to Miami, where he is now the highest paid wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Almost $30 million a year. I, I, can I, I just interject one thing, yes. though, and you said in the history? Just wait till next offseason. I know. We make history each yeah, and every yeah, year, right? Exactly. But really some of the other moves that – I think go without the fanfare it would be uh, Toronto Armstead, the big offensive tackle coming over from the Saints. To me, for my money, all, this was the best offensive tackle that you could have gotten in the free agent market. They get that done. I would agree with you. I think this has gone far under the radar. Yes. I'm glad you brought this up, Dave. I, I think this is going to be a key because it's going to give Tua time on his left side, even though it's not his blind side. It, it, it'll have a huge impact. You know, the criticism he's received it's been warranted, but there's one part that's being overlooked. Okay. He was tremendously accurate when he was in Alabama, but he had a month and a half to throw the ball every time. I'm not saying he's going to have that in the league, but if you give him a little bit more time, I think you're going to see an improvement in Tua. Okay, well, that leads me to the next question, because the Dolphins, after those two key moves, their Super Bowl odds changed dramatically from 50-1 to 1 to 50-1. to 1. <laughs> They don't believe in Tua! You go get Tyreek Hill. You get Armstead. You've got weapons now, right? The offense looks like it's ready-made as long as you have the signal caller. Well, think about this, though. You've got 16 teams in the AFC. 
New England has got a second-year Mac Jones who will be better than he was as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is right there, 1A, B, or C, however you see them in the AFC. The Browns actually improved with Houston not doing anything, right? Deshaun that's Watson true. didn't play last year, so you've got a player that stayed in conference, improves that team. The Bengals go to the Super Bowl. Mm. The Steelers, I, look, they'll be worse because they don't have Roethlisberger, but it's not like they're going to be dramatically worse than they were. I believe the team that's going to win the AFC resides in the AFC North, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. Ravens are going to be healthy. They're going to have Dobbins back. They're going to have Gus Edwards back. Lamar will be far healthier. He's got to prove something this year from a passing game standpoint without trying to have uh, Edwards, excuse me, uh, Mark Andrews get hurt on every throw. Well, he does. And the defense, remember, uh, Peters got hurt. Uh, Humphrey got hurt. Marlon Humphrey's a tremendous cornerback. I think this team's extremely dangerous. We haven't even touched upon the AFC West, no. which on paper might be the best division in the history of the NFL. That's quite the statement. I, I tend to agree with you just on paper. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out. When you look at the Chiefs now, and again, you do get uh, MVS coming over from Green Bay. You do get Juju Smith-Schuster there, so you talked about it here, that maybe that helps fill the void of a Tyreek Hill. They're going to they're gonna draft a wide receiver with all the picks they have now. And again, we mentioned it. They've got the most picks of any team in the NFL this year, next month's draft. If you trust the brain trust in the front office and Andy Reid, you have to feel like the, Chief, the Chiefs are going to be okay. And right now, plus money just to win their division. To win the AFC West, and I'm looking up here, and I'm seeing as high as plus 150, plus 160. Maybe you can get two dollars. You really shop around. I mean, I'm not saying that that I would take them, but are we kind of overstating the loss of Tyreek Hill to this offense? Um, I think a little bit. Or no, let me correct myself. Okay. I, I don't think so because I think uh, Hill impacts how Travis Kelsey's able to get open underneath. I think that's true. Um. You know, the other thing is with the Chargers, they had Khalil Mack. Now you got Bosa and, and Mack up front. That's going to be a formidable tandem there in terms of having to deal with for the Kansas City offensive line. It's had some question marks over the last two seasons. Here's the other thing. This is a team outside of that third down conversion against the 49ers from us looking and saying, wow, they could have won four Super Bowls and instead they have none. Uh, so wow. it's going to be interesting where this team is. They've got to get better defensively. I like the move from the standpoint that you've got to improve this defense. You've got a potential quarterback in Justin Herbert. If assuming the trajectory continues the way it's going right now, he becomes a Hall of Famer. Um, you've got Russell Wilson, who is a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. down the line. Mm-hmm. So this is not an easy division to compete in at this point in time. Uh, it's interesting what you mentioned when we briefly talked about the Bengals. And you say you like the Ravens to come out of the AFC. Right now, they're plus 225 just to win the division. They're the third favorite. right? The Browns are the favorite now with Deshaun Watson. Again, we're assuming he's going to be able to play. NFL has not finished everything there. I, I see a Ben Roethlisberger situation coming, if you remember that, where even though he was acquitted in a court of law, still was given a six-game suspension. I think he put it down to four. I think there still will be something coming. So for the, for the Browns, it's plus 175 to win the division. That feels a little heavy to me. Look at the Bengals. And they did get the Super Bowl, of course, came oh so close to winning it. They did get Lael Collins this week from the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. Their offensive line is the weak point of this football team. Is that enough for them, or do they have to get more line help? Well, I think the line will be fine, but I think defensively they have some concerns. Mm. Uh, You know, I know they played well in the Super Bowl against the Rams, but I still look at that defense and I say, well, when the chips are down, can you count on them? Offensively, with Collins coming in on the left side, I think it's a huge improvement. I think this team becomes extremely dangerous because nowadays you can construct a team, theoretically, where your defense isn't even that good or pedestrian at best. And you can just dominate people. And I think that's exactly what the Bengals can potentially do with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, you know, T. Higgins, Tyler Board. They've got weapons. They've got weapons, no question about it. 
But I still think Lamar's an X factor if he's healthy and he's got something to prove this year. Yeah, you look at that Super Bowl futures board and you see the Titans and the Colts with the same number of 25 to 1. Of course, the other big news was Matt Ryan now going to be the starting quarterback for the shoe this year. We just look at the division. The Colts right now are the smaller favorite at plus $1.10 with the Titans nipping at their heels at plus 130. It feels like a two-horse race. I think the Jags will be marketably improved with a real head coach this year. And then you've got Houston 22-1 to just to win the division. They still feel like a long way away. Is this clearly a two-horse race in the South between Indy and Tennessee? Uh, I believe it is, and I think Jacksonville might improve to five, six wins, but I think it's going to come down to the two teams you mentioned, and I give the edge to the Tennessee Titans, and I'm not a Tannehill fan, Dave, but for me, the difference is this. Derrick Henry missed, what, eight or nine games last year? Now you get a healthy 18-wheeler. He, he's a difference maker. I don't know if there's any running back. There are running backs that are really good, like Jonathan Martin, but I don't know if any player has an impact on his team more so than Derrick Henry does on what he on the Titans. Let's look at the NFC South very quickly. And with the news of Tom terrific, Thomas, Edward, Brady, Patrick, Stephen, Michael, the fourth coming back. They are now the overwhelming favorite to win this division. Almost $3. You get away. The saints made a little move. They're plus four fifty, And that is, they went ahead and said, all right, Jameis, we believed in you all along. No, we didn't look at every other potential quarterback out there. We wanted you all along. That's not true. But they have re-signed Jameis Winston. So he is coming off the ACL. He is getting a little bit older and longer in the tooth. Are they a viable player? Because right now they're the second betting favorite. The Falcons feel like with Marcus Mariota, long shot 10-1. to Carolina feels a long way away at 11-1. to Again, two-horse race or a one-horse race with Tampa Bay? I think it could be a two-horse race there. And one of the problems with the division odds is you're no longer getting what the true odds should be. You know, you mentioned Houston at 22-1. to Remember, uh, I forgot who it was. Was it? Washington or somebody a couple years ago, 25 to one. Yeah. And that's what the true odds should be on a team like Houston. It really probably should be 30 to one, but they won't give that to you anymore. In terms of the NFC South, I think what gets overlooked with New Orleans is their defense. They've had a defense that's been really good for a long time. You're right. And I think Winston can be serviceable. Michael Thomas will be back in the mix. They've got a top flight player in Alvin Kamara. For me, a top 10 all around player in terms of what he's able to do, catching the ball, running the ball. Um, I like Peyton. Um, in terms of now it's going to be what's his name. So I'm going to miss from an offensive standpoint, the play calling. I think that's going to be a big blow for that team, but I still think Dennis Allen will do an effective job. Well, you mentioned the key name to me and that is Dennis Allen. So you get Jameis Winston back in the fold. So it feels like we're running back Sean Payton's team. Dennis Allen, for whatever reason, his defenses, they don't just beat Brady. They beat Brady up. So if there's one team that Tom Brady's probably like, got to play the saints still twice a year. And look, it didn't matter when they got to the postseason two years ago and they went on to win the Super Bowl and they retired Drew, Drew Brees that year. But it is it is odd that Dennis Allen feels like the only defensive coordinator, now the head coach again, that has the keys to whatever it is Leftwich and, and Arians and Brady are trying to do in Tampa. I would agree with you. They really dominated this team. And you go back when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, if Jared Cook doesn't fumble on that drive, Saints are 10 yards away from getting into field yep. goal range and going up by two scores. So... Um, give Tampa a ton of credit for what they've been able to accomplish. But you mentioned it in the previous segment, Rojo, Ronald Jones on to Kansas city. Mm -hmm. I like Ronald Jones a lot at the back position. Um, this team Gronkowski still a free agent. I'm assuming he'll come back, but doesn't give you a guarantee. He's coming back, right? Probably With Brady back. I mean, he said, I, I'm only going to play for one quarterback and that's the quarterback maybe, but you know, when you go into the off season and he lives in the marquee building in Miami, it's a great spot. It, 
man, do you really want to sit there and do all those things? He's got enough money. Well, he's not going to show up for training camp. He's just show up for the I game. understand that, but sometimes you're like, hey, I'm good. He's going to be like Booby Miles. This is God-given, baby. All i got to do is show up. <laughs> when we come back and get back to the Elite Eight games of all, we'll break down some good ones today. Arkansas Duke going over Houston. Come on back. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. your first wager. Win big during BetMGM's March matchups. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on any college tournament game. If any team hits a three-pointer during the tournament, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets. Just use the code MM200 when you register. Plus, you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at MGM Resorts. Sign up today. Use the code MM200 to win $200 if any team hits a three during BetMGM's March matchups. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. This is Betting Across America. We are here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Look up USC Columbus. It is a raucous crowd going on there in the great state of Ohio. And then I look further up on our mountain of TVs that we have here. And I see Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka all square through 14 them all. And I said to you earlier in the program, there was a rumor these two got in a little bit of a Donnybrook back in the day <laughs> over there during the Ryder Cup in France. I can't confirm or deny that it actually happened, but that's... At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the rumor and i love the rumor because i like bad blood in golf does it mean more to these guys today i'm all these guys are rich beyond their wildest dreams they're doing net jets commercials that i can never just relate to. So they live a different lifestyle. But when it comes down to the brass tacks, and I don't like you and you don't like me, and we're going mono a mono here in the quarterfinals, does it mean a little bit more? Oh, absolutely. I mean, are you kidding me? You don't think BK wants to beat DJ here? What'd you say about my girlfriend? <laughs> That's the rumor. Let's get to the Elite Eight and some of these game props that we have today. And let's start off with Arkansas against Duke. So I look at the matchup here, and I wonder if you like the Dukies and or really depending on what side you like. Now, remember, this game has come down a little bit. It was four overnight. 
down to three and a half now, okay, for the full game. But you look at some of those totals there, and my goodness, for Arkansas team totals, you can get 33 and a hook over under in the first half, even money minus 115 both ways. Full game, 71 and a half. Conversely, for the Dukies, you can see why basically it's a two-point spread in the first half that their team total is two points more than Arkansas, 35 and a half, and they get around four, three and a half. So again, four points more. Is there a side that you like better, whether it is the game side in total and or the individual team sides in total? I don't like the individual ones in particular, but uh, I like in terms of the game side, starting out with the Houston game, I like the Cougars in this game. I think their defense and their intensity will be a challenge for Villanova. Villanova's been tremendous in terms of what they're able to do, but Houston can guard you individually, and Dave, on the perimeter, they can switch off very easily. I think it makes a big difference when you've got a multitude of guys that can cover other guys regardless of position. Now, if you're in a scenario where you've got a bunch of bigs and they can't switch off, it's a problem. Uh, I think Carlton will do a fine job on Dixon. I think they'll negate that. He's a tenacious rebounder. He did a tremendous job against Coloco and Tabellis. Uh, White's got to play well for this Houston team. But as good as Jay Wright and Villanova have been throughout the second half of the season, I think Calvin Sampson and Houston right now are peaking. If you like Houston, and by the way, they're laying a point in the first half, two and a half for the game now. Okay, and again, if you just want to take them, boy, you look at that total at 118 and a half. It's so tempting. And the number is there, obviously, for a reason. But in the first half, team totals are almost identical. Houston, 30 and a half. Villanova, 20, 29 and a half. Again, it correlates with, with the side and total that we're going to have in that first half. For the game, Houston, 65 and a half. Villanova, 63 and a half. Again, two, two and a half point spread. And again, you see uh, Houston laying two and a half overall for the game. What style, is there any way that we get more scoring than we're anticipating. Because, see, that's where I would shy away necessarily from a team total. If you think that Villanova is really going to struggle to score, you could play the under 63-and-a-half game total. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad play in terms of the game total on Villanova under. The other ones didn't appeal to me, but I think this is a game where it's going to be challenging for both sides offensively. Houston, not a prolific shooting team on the flip side. Villanova defends far better than they get credit for. Mm. I think everyone thinks of Villanova that think of three-point shooting in the offense, four, right. out, four out, one in, but... The reality of it is Jay Wright's team defensively is outstanding. They did a great job against Ohio State. I think the first-round game was against Delaware. They were trailing early on, and then all of a sudden they put the clamps on them. They win that game comfortably. And you look at the last matchup against Michigan. Wolverines were struggling offensively. Now, granted, Michigan missed about 3 million layups. But they did. Uh, but I still think that Villanova defensively is a challenging team. And I mentioned with Houston, they can switch. Villanova probably does that as well as anybody in college basketball in terms of being able to switch out with their defenders. So, I just think Houston's intensity, strength uh, will be the difference. I think both these teams match up uh, from a height standpoint fairly comparably. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Houston, despite Villanova probably being a team with the head coach has been there, done that. Now, remember, Houston got to a Final Four recently. Right. So it's not like this is out of the realm of possibility for them. A lot of guys from there back at it. Yeah, just last year for, for Houston. So trying to do that back-to-back here. Uh, very quickly, and again, it, it feels like a trend. And, you know, like Wes Reynolds, I always hear my inner Wes Reynolds <laughs> saying, trends are your friends. Don't don't necessarily have to be married to those trends, right? That sometimes they can lead you down the wrong aisle, if you will. The trend has been unders in the first halves in, in the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. right? And it was very profitable if you did that over the Elite Eight. I know because I took the over in the Iowa State-Miami first half yesterday. It missed by one, and Miami missed a breakaway dunk, several layups at the yes. rim, and then, of course, some front ends of one-on-ones. 
So is it just a safer play if you kind of kind of carte blanche, if you like blanket covered these games going forward, that the under is going to hit more than the over will? You know, uh, I don't know, because I don't generally tend to play halftime plays. Uh, I feel like to the example you gave with the turnover, I don't want to get a beat in a scenario like that. I want the game to play out for its full 40 minutes. Maybe there's other scenarios that beat you one way or the other, but I'd rather have that come into play because remember, if a game is, let's say you bet an over in the first half and all of a sudden starts out low scoring, you don't have the opportunity with fouls to make it up. Right. If a game starts out where it's higher scoring, uh, you might get beat in the first half, but if you have the whole game, it might slow down the second half. So for me, I like the entirety of the game. Yeah, and I, I do think, again, when, when you're watching these things, that, you know, sometimes you look at it and say, well, nerves are going to play into it. Like, look, America loves to bet overs. We get that. The bookmakers understand that. Yeah. that it's going to be priced accordingly, right? People don't like to play unders. Right. But it does feel like when you get to, to some of these situations, the Elite Eight, certainly in the Final Four, you're going to get to some of these cavernous arenas that they have. And, and sometimes it, it's unlike a true home game where you get during the season where, where your crowd is 100% <laughs> packed. You're familiar with the rims. Those things do play into it, right? Nerves, different arenas. You know how it is if you ever play basketball. Got to warm up to to the rim. You got to warm up to those things. So is that also, does it play into the handicap that sometimes these unders ring true because teams have to literally warm up to the environment they're in? Yeah, absolutely. Now, this would be a little bit more of a concern when you go into next weekend because you're in a cavernous arena mm -hmm. or stadium, excuse me, not an arena here. I think because the fact that these teams have played games already, already. there, that helps. that helps immensely. So I don't think you'll see that as much. But I think the one thing when you face Houston, it's difficult to simulate their defensive intensity. And, and you're going to find out real quick. And I thought that was the one thing that caught Arizona off guard a little bit because you saw in the first few minutes, they had a hard time getting a look. And it was Houston oh, wire to wire. I know Arizona cut it to two and three at different times. Yeah, but, but never felt like. No, exactly. And the thing about watching that game, what surprised me was, and again, all due respect to Arizona, what they accomplished during the regular season. To your point, the first 20 minutes, it felt like men against boys. It yeah. did. It had, a, it had a feel that these Houston Cougar guys, and I don't think they can do that to Villanova. That's what I think the difference is today. Villanova's been there, done that, seen that, won a national championship with these kids four years in. I don't think that would be the problem. Arizona might be more talented than Villanova. Right. But Villanova will be ready for the moment. Can they hang athletically for with Houston 40 minutes, I think, is the bigger question. I think you brought up a great point, Dave, and that is Villanova will be ready. I think with Tommy Lloyd, everyone's talking about a great job that he did this year. I still have question marks. He had great players left over from last year mm -hmm. and great talent. But are you going to be as effective coaching? And I thought some of the decision-making, you know, I always look at a team when you're trailing. And you're left with three timeouts when you get to the under four media timeout. I feel like there's opportunities. you got to stop a run or try and get your offense going. You don't utilize the timeout. always concerns me. And with Jay Wright, you go on a 6-0 run, there's a quick timeout right there. Man. He, he's going to look to stop things. He's going to look to change the tenor of the game immediately. Um, so you're, you're right. I think Villanova will be absolutely ready for the moment. We only have a minute left in the segment. I want to go down this rabbit hole a little bit further on. I, I do wonder, to me at this stage, is it more about the kids or is it more about the coach? Because, you know, I can remember as, as a Syracuse basketball fan, the only time Syracuse has ever won the national championship in 2003, they had some guy named Carmelo Anthony on that roster, and they literally rode him until GMAC helped out Jerry McNamara with seven three-pointers in that national title championship game. I remember it like it was yesterday. So I don't know how much it was Bayheim 2-3 zone or how much was it having a Hall of Famer in Carmelo Anthony in your roster. It was also having Hack work, lunge out, and block a three-point shot with that length. 
By the way, real quick question before we go to commercial. Mm -hmm. um, if you're Daryl Goss, the AD at, at Syracuse, do you have the stones no, to yeah, make? You, you never call for Jim Beheim to step down. That's good. If, if you're a Syracuse fan and you enjoy going under 500, stay the course. One year. He's been there like 8,000 years since happened one time. You want to run him out of town. Have you been to Syracuse? Come on back. It's spreading across America right here in Vison, the sports betting network. Should have brought in Hopkins five years. Rules are just. Hopkins five years. Rules are just. Hopkins five years. Rules are just. Hopkins five At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.